The house listed as a six-bedroom, four-bath, but that did not do justice to its 4,500 square feet. The sharply peaked steel roof of the white two-story Victorian jutted into the pewter sky. Two small attic dormer windows watched out over the valley. An inviting covered porch embraced two sides of the first floor. The foundation beneath it was two feet tall, made of hand-laid dun boulders mined from the base of the ridge. From the corner closest to the road rose a round, turreted room with windows around both stories. Like an aging cinema beauty, she looked stunning from afar, but she showed her age in close-ups. Her later years had been hard. The iron racing horse weather vane at the turret's peak rocked back and forth with a wailing screech in each gust of wind. Threadbare white curtains floated like spirits in the windows, unable to shield the rooms from daylight. Black paint peeled off the shutters around each window in long, lazy arcs. To the right, a low rise blocked the bottom half of the main barn, hiding its similar stone foundation. Its roofline and monochrome paint scheme matched the house. A cupola burst through the center of the curved roof, glass on every side, filthy from lack of care. The cupola was large enough to accommodate the farm's master as he watched over the acres of his domain that stretched down along the far side of the ridge. Even with the grass in winter's death grip and the dry weeds overgrown along the split-rail fence line, the place had curb appeal. Dale wished he had the money to replace the sagging old mailbox at the entrance. If he kept the gate under the weathered Galaxy Farm sign locked, any looky-loos would have to go through him for a closer inspection. That would be warning enough to go in and make sure any remnants of the previous owners weren't around— Sure as hell wouldn't want to explain any of that to a prospective buyer. The bank wanted this place to move fast, and any wind of its history would stop a deal dead in its tracks. There were folks in town who didn't think it right, Dale helping the bank sell the galaxy. The two big Moultrie, Tennessee realtors refused to list it. Half the small town thought it was safer to let it sit empty. Dale figured screw them. They didn't pay for his daughter's dance lessons. A sharp bang came from the house. Dale saw the screen door on the main entrance swing open and shut in the wind. "'Well, I'll be—' he muttered. He stuck his throbbing finger in his mouth. He wasn't in the mood to go tempt the house. Not out here alone. But a good gust would tear that screen door clean off the frame, and he'd be blamed. He trudged warily up the driveway. Desiccated leaves crunched under his boot heels— he knew he had locked that door with a new barrel bolt from the inside. Dale stepped on the porch, and a feeling of dread came over him, thick and black and heavy as lead. The hairs on the back of his neck quivered. He'd been to the house twice before, with Darrell from the bank to inspect the place, and with Billy to walk the survey, but never alone. There was strength in numbers." Having another live person there kept you from thinking about the Galaxy Farm legends. He grabbed the wooden screen door as it swung open again. The barrel bolt on the inside of the door was missing. Four neat white screw holes were still in the door, the grooves from the screw threads still crisp and clear. The door didn't tear open. Someone removed the bolt. Dale smelled something metallic that made him want to gag. 
A dead rabbit lay in the threshold. Its eyes were wide with terror and still glassy, as if it had only been dead for moments. All that was left of its neck were two jagged edges of slick red fur. The wet blood pooled between the doors and dripped out onto the porch. Above the rabbit, finger-painted in blood on the base of the door, in crooked slashed letters, it said, "'No sale, Dale.'